Hey, what's up? This is Brandon Jenner, and you are listening to Sound Sessions. You'd be the death of me. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your host, Michael Heidemann, with Sound Sessions here in Chicago. We have a great musician on the line. You know him, you love him. Brandon Jenner is releasing a new EP, Plan on Feelings, on June 14th. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's actually the son of Caitlyn Jenner and Linda Thompson, as well as the older brother of Brody and half-brother to Kylie and Kendall. Yes, the Kardashians. But his music prowess stands above the rest, and we are so excited to be speaking today to Brandon Jenner. Brandon, what's going on, man? It's going really well, Michael. Thank you for all the kind things you just said. I appreciate that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you got this new EP coming out, Plan on Feelings. What was the inspiration for this? Because I know you you kind of been bouncing back. Uh, you had a you had a duo group for a little bit, and now are you just kind of taking this on your own? Yeah, I've been doing my solo project for a little while now for, I think I released my first record in, at the end of 2016. And, you know, music is something that I've done my entire life. I grew up around it and it just has been, you know, as, as you know, by my family, it's kind of been overshadowed by a lot of other things. I've just really had my head down and been in the studio and worked on my craft and getting to know myself through music. And, you know, it's kind of come a point in my life where I didn't kind of want to just keep it to myself anymore. I wanted to actually start releasing stuff out into the world. So uh, I decided to start this solo project just under my own name, own it, and uh, move forward with being vulnerable and putting music that speaks to me out into the world. Yes, yes. And that famous family you're talking about uh, is you're, in, in fact, the son of Caitlyn Jenner and Linda Thompson. You're the older brother of Brody and half-brother to Kylie and Kendall. Now, Obviously, this is a family that, you know, everybody knows. It's, it's almost ubiquitous now, the Kardashians, the Jenners. Uh, how much music played a part in, in these households, though, when you were growing up? Well, my upbringing was very different. I, uh, my, my mom is Linda Thompson. Brody and I grew up in a household together. And our, since I was about five, um, my, we, our live-in father, so my, my, the guy that my mom eventually remarried was a man named David Foster, who's a record producer. Mm -hmm. And I used to hang out in the studio ever since I was a young kid. I used to kind of be a wallflower in the studio, sitting on the couch, watching the process of making records. It fascinated me. It was always the most fun place to hang out in the house. So I was always around really amazing musicianship. Um, it raised my my level of, of taste and what I expect out of musicians. And so that's helped me in producing my own stuff because I produce all my own stuff. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been around music my entire life. My mom is a, is a songwriter. She's written a lot of incredible songs. She wrote, um, you know, the hit song off the bodyguard record. I have nothing and stuff for the backstreet boys. And, um, you know, that, that, I mean, just a ton of people. So I've, I've been around music my whole life. And while I grew up, you know, and while, while like the Kardashian sisters and the Foster sisters, David's kids are like family to me, we didn't have the same upbringing and we weren't in the same household. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, that makes that makes sense. And so you you had a wealth of just mu musicianship coming from your from your parents and everything like that. Do you remember maybe the first album that you might have put on where you're thinking, "Wow, this is something in me is sparking a little bit of interest. This is something that maybe I could do with my own life." A hundred percent. I remember I used to lay in bed as a kid and listen to Al Green records. Um, and I just loved the emotion that that conveyed. Uh, I've always used music to get me through tough times or to 
you know, music has always brought up a bunch of emotion for me. And I use music as a way to process emotions when I was young. Um, you know, it was a Ben Harper record, one of the first ones. I remember going through a breakup and listening to some of those, you know, sad kind of love songs and crying and letting, having the emotion really come to the surface. And it was so therapeutic. So I've always used music as a form of therapy, listening to it. And I also write music from, try to write music from that space within me. And when somebody else tells me, they come up to me at a show or on Instagram, that some a piece of my music has gotten through them through something, uh, you know, it kind of just completes this full circle. And it makes me feel so grateful that this is what I get to do with my life. And, um, you know, it's, it really is one of the main reasons why I make music is not just for, as a therapeutic practice for myself, but also to provide some window uh, into growth and processing emotions for other people. Yeah. Isn't that a wonderful and amazing thing about music? It almost speaks the words that we can't find ourselves. And it's cool to hear you say that you kind of have that same connection with people. Uh, what are some of the fan interactions that you have when you're, when you're touring around and everything? It must be, I mean, for one thing, your reputation precedes you and you must understand that. But when it comes and, and you know, what are, what are people saying to you about your music? Well, they, yeah, I mean, a lot of my music I've written from uh, tough places. So I, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as an example, a song that I wrote recently was a, was about a kind of tragic events. It was about um, a father losing his child. And I had a choice, and it comes across as a love song, more or less. It's called All I Need Is You, and it comes across as a love song on first listen. But I was really open about what the song, what, where I wrote the song from, and the, the kind of emotion that that uh that i wanted to convey and that it was running through me and it was all about loss it was about losing somebody close to you in the most tragic way possible and i was open about that and when i posted about the song i shared that information so people then responded to me and said you know i lost somebody close to me this song has been very therapeutic for me thank you so much and i you know when you get dozens if not hundreds of people saying that people that have Mm -hmm. gone through traumatic loss in their life and then sharing that this song resonated with them and it helped them process, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. My fan interactions, to go back to your question, um, are just wonderful and positive. I love people. I love getting to know people. I have a, you know, my, one of my philosophies in life is that the vast majority of people are innately very good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I try to interact with as much with as many people as I can. I, I really enjoy it. I thrive on it. And to make somebody feel good or to make somebody's day by f- making them feel recognized or acknowledged, and even if it's just in a small moment of a show, it makes me feel so fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gee, that's a, that's a great feeling. We spoke to the lead singer of Rise Against uh, a few days ago, and he was saying, you, you know, music comes from a dark place sometimes, and to hear people connect with it when you're thinking, oh, you know, I just wrote this song about a sad moment I had in my bedroom or something, and then seeing them connect with it in a whole new way, it, it's, it just speaks sound, like, no no pun intended, but sounds of, of, of what music can do for somebody. So it's cool to hear you say for that. Sure. Um, yeah, for sure. I just went to Norway and uh, Sweden and, and did some shows out there, and and to see people from you know halfway across the world singing lyrics to the song and having tears in their eyes, mm-hmm. you know, listening to something that I just kind of wrote sitting outside my my little home studio is is a pretty crazy feeling. You know, it's it's a it's a pretty trippy feeling. And I heard somebody say it recently. I heard a quote from somebody that said, 
I'm still not sure if music will ever save the world, but I do know that it gets people through the night sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's just a beautiful way of saying what music has the power to do. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So you ha- you're speaking on, you traveling all over the world with your music. You're playing a lot of different places. A lot of your shows are centered in California. Do you have, do you have any favorite venues out there? Well, I grew up playing at this little place in Malibu called uh, the Malibu Inn, and uh, I just did a show there like a couple months ago that was really great. It was mm-hmm. it was like a almost like a homecoming thing. I hadn't played there in a while, and so that was a really wonderful wonderful event. And you know, I, I frequent the Hotel Cafe. I, I go and see shows there and, and play there. Uh, yeah, I have a handful of places that I that I like to play. I also just like playing at you know friends' houses and stuff, jam sessions that people have going on little house parties stuff like that and those are some of my favorite because it's more intimate and you can really connect with people and uh it's just a fun you know music is something to be shared i think yeah very cool so uh, but as we mentioned before having the name that you have and being the person you are and being from your family does brandon jenner need to go to the open mics and the borders books and play those small cafe shows to get noticed by the record executives i mean your your dad had such a foothold in the in the music industry so to see um to see that kind of stuff did you need to go through those that open mic process and just scrap and scrape to uh to get to where you are now 100%. I love open mics. I actually still go to them occasionally when I'm working on new stuff and new material. Um, I sit through the the whole thing. I watch everybody that's there. I I encourage people that are, whether they're, you know, advanced or just beginning and trying to express themselves through music. I think it's a beautiful thing to watch unfold. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, you know, there's, it's still up in the air whether, because my story isn't completely told yet, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I feel, I feel like I have a lot more to say. Um, and this new music that I'm releasing is much, much more vulnerable and much more me. But, you know, it, it, up to this point, I would say that it would be easy to chalk up the fact that, that by just when somebody sees my name, it, it probably comes with a preconceived notion of who they think I am. And, and it's, it's easy to kind of write me off mm-hmm. because I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily labeled as an artist. I'm labeled as, you know, a privileged kid in Malibu that grew up. Uh, with you know the Kardashian sisters, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very different it's very different than um, than what people look to. You know, when people look to artists, they want to know that it's somebody that has had their own struggles in their life and has found something to say or a voice through difficulty and through struggle. Um, you know, I've had my own my own type of that. It, it might not be the same kind of struggles that other people have gone through, but you know, I grew up with you know, a dad that basically left when I was, you know, four or five and mm-hmm. struggled with the, that, you know, I grew up with, you know, living in like this really crazy, beautiful house where you're guessing if people, why they're your friends, you know, are they really your friends because they like you personally, or are they your friends just because you have a great place to go and party? Um, you know, the same thing with women, you know, you always wonder, well, is this a real connection, a real soul connection, or is this just a, you know, something that is an, an opportunity, you know, you have all these There are all these challenges in my life, even my life, something that from the outside seems so privileged and so easy and painless. Um, You know, so I've just I have this unique perspective on life is the way I see it that has carries its own set of struggles. And I'm doing what I can to pour that into my music and, you know, let the world kind of interpret it how they would how they would like. But, you know, I've, I've always seen my last name as an uphill battle when it comes to 
when it comes to music. If it was, if I was a decathlete, you know, I would say maybe it would be a little bit easier to get recognized. Everybody would start cheering for you just because you're the son of somebody. Mm -hmm. But with, with music, something that is so highly respected and artistic and requires vulnerability and struggle, I think it's been a bit of an uphill challenge, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you almost use this as fuel to prove these people wrong who have these preconceived notions. Yeah, it's not. A, no, I, I don't. I, I don't blame those people. I would do the same thing. Yeah. To be totally honest, I, I would do the exact same thing. You know, if I, I mean, you know, with all due respect to you know Paris Hilton or people like that, when I see you know somebody that's getting into a music career, you immediately go, oh, they're just trying to you know like branch out their mediums and capitalize on something. I, I wouldn't. By no means do I judge somebody that that would judge me in that way because I would do the same thing for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and, and it's not, I don't know. I don't see it as like, I want to prove myself at all. Um, I do want to, I want to live a life where I give something back in some way. Right. Yeah. I, I also subscribe to the, the thing and I do believe that I'm somebody who was just afforded a lot of fortune in their life. Um, I'm, I'm healthy and I'm, I'm happy. I'm genuine, generally a happy person. I, I'm thankful for a lot of things. I have wonderful family, people around me, loved ones, a daughter, all these things. I feel like, and I, and I subscribe by the saying, which is to um, those who much is given, much is expected. Mm -hmm. So I really want to do something with my life. I want to give back. I want to provide some kind of, some something of substance to the world. So when I, you know, the thing that fuels me more than anything is to be able to inspire mm -hmm. people. It's, it's not to prove people wrong. I, I, it really doesn't. You know, it, I, I, I believe that with time, all of those things, the, the preconceived notions of who I am, will dissolve. If I live authentically, then they will dissolve. So that's not really what fuels me. It's more that I, I, I want to leave something behind that's important. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I can hear that authenticity in your voice, and it's, it's really cool to see, you know, what you've been doing with your music career because, you know, everyone goes through their own struggles, and, and it's cool to inspire somebody with just, you know, words and, and notes on a guitar. Um, I'm a musician myself here in Chicago, and uh, by the way, can, just sidebar, that song, The Death of Me, the, the new single you put out, that is a damn good song. Like you, you that was really composed well, and I and it's not one of those things that you can write off really easy. It's it's something that's catch that's catchable. You can listen to it on the radio. You can you you can really like enjoy it. It's an enjoyable piece of music. Um, now back to what I was saying. So I, being a musician, I often you know rev myself up to get on stage to you know maybe quote a mantra or something like that. Uh, what kind of preparation do you have before you go on stage? Do you still get nervous? Do you tell any, yourself anything before you jump up and hit the stage? <laughs> That's a funny question. Um, some people do. You know, I, I've, I know what it's like to be nervous. I've definitely been nervous in the past, and I, I don't get, tend to get as nervous anymore. One, because I've, I have a lot of faith in my craft, and, you know, I've had really bad shows or what I would consider bad shows with a lot of mistakes and this and that. And people still say, that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. So <laughs> that takes some of the pressure off. But I think that there's this, I have this funny theory that I'll share with you. I'll make it short. Um, I have this, I believe that all humans have this reaction to 
putting themselves out there and just standing up in front of a crowd of people. And I think that it's this primal instinct that we don't want to stand out in a crowd Mm -hmm. because then we're putting ourselves up there to be judged and potentially have an arrow through the chest or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So we we kind of are more hurt. We want to blend into our small society, into our tribe, and we just kind of want to go unseen, and we don't want to necessarily be the outspoken one because then we're putting a target on our back. So there's this this natural instinct to not want to stand up on stage and have all those other eyes looking at you because of the the fear of death, Mm -hmm. of the fear that, like, you know, somebody's going to take you out for being the one who's trying to become the next chief or whatever of the town, of the village. So once you realize that we don't live that way anymore and that nobody's going to kill you, the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to have a bad night and people will still say that it was a great show. Um, I, I just, it takes a lot of the pressure off. And so knowing that you're not going to (laughs) die from getting up on stage and playing, I think really makes things just better. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen is that you get a little bit embarrassed, but you're still going to be able to have your loved ones around you Mm -hmm. and fall asleep healthy that night and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, that's something that I tell myself (laughs) it's hard some nights when you're performing and you and you know that you're bombing mid-song it's it's hard to get through that you can you can feel that kind of anxiety build up in your inside of you i suppose oh for sure it happens yeah 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 i mean i've i've done that you know started the third verse instead of the second verse and the thing and go oh shit you know i just wore on your station sorry okay but I've done uh, I've done that, and of course you feel the nerves kind of rise in me. That's that's more nerve wracking than actually before you go out on stage because I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident in what my what I do now, and I've played enough shows to just kind of feel like it's, you know, I'm listen. I, I think that you always get rewarded when you put yourself out there and when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, and so I encourage myself. Um, internally and then others to to put themselves out there even if they're facing some sort of ridicule because you know life is too short and the world needs more people to be brave and to say what they think and to to live their authentic selves and not to live a diluted version of themselves absolutely uh, do you ever get heckled on stage no 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 I really don't no that I, don't, I can't I can't think of a I can't think of a time that that's ever happened uh, well, uh, that makes one of us because uh, even here in Chicago, we sometimes we have tough rooms, and depending on the kind of bar scene you're playing or how late it is at night, uh, it it gets hard. It just goes hand in hand with just thinking about how nervous uh, you get as a performer sometimes, which is kind of funny when you're when you're trying to put your music out there. You're like, hey, I wrote this love song for this girl that I dated, and it really means a lot to me. And, and somebody says next or something like that. It's <laughs> oh yeah. Honestly, that, that's never happened to me. I mean, the the worst, the you know, the the shows that are less than ideal are just when it's more of a bar scene. People mm-hmm. are talking and it's loud. You know, that's especially when I'm if I'm playing more of an acoustic set where it's just me and a guitar up on stage or me and one other musician. It's you know, you you'd ideal to it'd be better to have a pin drop kind of a room, an audience sit down theater kind of style, but. Fortunately, a vast majority of my shows are that, where people are, it's dead quiet and people are, are listening. So, you know, there's only a handful of shows and it's more just frustration. You know, you just kind of like, you, you don't, it doesn't help to try to just play louder because then people talk louder. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, the, I have some tricks that I can use to quiet the, the crowd down and mm-hmm. that, that helps a little bit. But those are the only frustrating things. But I haven't really faced that in, in a long time, to be honest. That was kind of earlier on in my career. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you're, we can't wait till you get back to Chicago and play some some sets here. I mean, everyone is is dying to hear the new album to you again. The new EP is called Plan on Feelings. The new single is Death of Me. Um, before I let you go, and thanks again for all your time and everything, just like two more questions here. Um, yeah. I got to ask, who would I or anyone be the most surprised of of your famous family um, as far as their music ability goes? Is there somebody who is a secret, you know, piano player or guitar player or even a singer? My, my, my brother Brody is an incredible musician. And part of it is maybe just because we grew up in the same household around David, you know, um, and around the studio. But he's an incredible drummer and an amazing producer. He's been producing a bunch of... Uh, more kind of like electronic stuff with a with a with one of my old best friends, this guy uh, Adam O'Rourke, and they've been making some incredible stuff. And, and he's just a, a really talented musician. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have yeah. to hopefully one day maybe bring him out on stage, kind of do a little collaboration with uh, with the Jenners. Indeed, indeed, it will happen. Yeah. So you're coming to Chicago as soon as you can. Again, the EP Plan on Feelings. Have you been to Chicago before? Do you have any favorite memories? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I think summer of 2017, I played at the House of Blues in Chicago, which was just such a beautiful venue. Mm-hmm. Loved that place. We were doing a, a tour for, um, um, it was uh, with Joshua Radin and Rachel Yamagata, and the, the oh. three of us, we played at the wow. House of Blues, and it was a really cool experience. It was one of my favorite shows, actually. One of my favorite rooms. I love that place. Oh, my. I, that sounds like a killer lineup, too, man. Wow. The House of Blues. Yeah, it was cool. Beautiful, beautiful Great, beautiful great people. It was a lot of fun. All right, but be, before we let you go, um, the one question that we always got to ask to the musicians that come here on Sound Sessions, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are growing up. They want to get into music themselves. They're sitting in their mom or dad's basement, uh, pl- you know, picking a guitar, trying to practice some Beatles songs or something like that. What kind of advice can you give to those people who are in their basement playing music to kind of get to the level that you were at? Well, time, the first, first thing would be time. Spend as much time as you can doing it. Eliminate distractions in your life. So eliminate the things that you know aren't contributing to you becoming a better musician, whether it be watching TV or Netflix or Instagram or whatever it is. Devote time to working on your craft. That's what I did when I really wanted to learn how to play guitar and write songs. Um, and that, that is essential to becoming good at anything in life, whatever it is. And then if, you know, if, you, if your goal is to say something with your music, get to know yourself, you know, um, do some, you know, maybe start a group, like a, whether you're male or female, start a, a group, like a men's group or a women's group and talk about your own personal growth, you know, because uh, the things that you have to say in music go hand in hand with however, how much personal growth you're able to make. So the more that you grow as an individual and discover your own blind spots and, you challenge yourself with through love and heartbreak and all that stuff that will contribute to the things that you have to say. So you must, you have to live life. You have to get out there. You have to put yourself out there and allow yourself to experience all those feelings because that's going to be the fuel for songwriting. Brandon Jenner, you are one damn cool human being. Thanks for joining us here on sound sessions. It's nice of you to say. Thanks, Michael. I appreciated appreciated that. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, too. The new EP, Plan on Feelings, coming out June 14th. Pick it up where you can find music. And Brandon, we will see you soon in Chicago. Good man. Thanks, bud. You were the death of me. Can't get enough of Sound Sessions? Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at SoundSeshPod, and check us out on Instagram at SoundSessionsWGN.